That's what I like to call. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's up? This is Adam from Maroon 5. This is Kings of Leon. Live on the Anderton Tiger Network. Right now, listen to me now. Listeners delighted to have one of our another one of our brilliant keynote speakers with me, Oliver Quinlan, who's no stranger to the show. We've interviewed him many, many times. He's of course the current program manager for digital education at Nesta. How's it going? Great, thank you. And it's good to be on again. Our pleasure. You were very good, I have to say. Dare I say that that was you at your most spectacular best. That was pretty <laughs> oh, good. thank you. That's kind what, of What you. I was particularly impressed with, and you could just kind of a bit of technology. Uh, listeners, you won't appreciate this, but as Oliver was um, talking very clearly on the stage, away from his laptop, he was c- sending out f- full tweets. These weren't just one-word tweets. These are properly mm-hmm. rendered tweets with links to content, to slides, to sources, that was amazing. How'd you do that? Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a clever thing I came across a long time ago from Adam Levine in the US's blog. Um, it's called Keynote Tweet. It works with Keynote on Apple and um, allows you to put in tweets onto each slide, which then fire off when you, when you come to, to use the slide. Um, but every time they update the software, it breaks it, and it's been broken for a really long time, I think since since the last operating system but some studious person has managed to figure out how to fix it so I'm, I'm glad I've never seen that done before and I liked it very much and I was wondering how has, has he got assistance now Are there, has his assistants got assistance are they tweeting from the audience Like it's how has he given them their his password to the account what are they doing at the in holidays at the weekends with your account oh, just, there's so many questions I really really enjoyed it how do you think Thank it you. went yeah, yeah, great. I think, I think, yeah, I think it was good. It was uh, just interesting to. I, I was talking about the digital making research that we've done um, at Nesta, um, looking across the UK at, at what's been happening and sort of trying to map it all and looking at attitudes and so on. Um, and we've been working in that area not just myself, but even since before I was at Nesta about for about three years now. Um, and it's good to be able to keep talking to people and finding out about the kinds of ideas from mm. it that they find really useful so lots of it is probably aimed at this more sort of the the startup side of things people setting up social enterprises to get kids coding outside of school and there's a whole set of things that they find interesting but obviously today's more of a teachers conference um, and so it's it's great to be able to, to dig into that side of it and, and think about some of those um, that some of those deeper issues that teachers have to think about in terms of preparing our next generation. And you left us all with some very good thoughts uh, in mind. Are we making um, to learn or are you learning to make? I thought that was just all spot on and perfect. I just wish the government really or the people making the policies or the people making the tests. I'm <laughs> not sure who it is I'd like to get uh, on board here. And I don't know what would be the catalyst for change, whether the actual a change in the tests, but then the tests are only... F- following what Ofsted want mm. and it's all kind of all tied up a little too cosy for my liking and I like I like stuff that challenges thinking really mm. and I think I hope so and I mean fundamentally most teachers do have a good amount of freedom to to, to try things like that like the, the whole making side of things it's about it's obviously still going to be about delivering the curriculum but it's not just delivering it by reading the document to the kids you know it's actually making and engaging with it and there are so many creative teachers out there doing it um, I know people are under so much pressure at the moment especially with the, some of the messages that are, are coming out um, at, at the moment but um, I think I think there's a, a real opportunity for teachers and educators to get together and think about how they can 
try and influence some of this policy. And it's not, it's not an easy problem because lots of people see the pressures like Ofsted and exams and the things that they're having to do and so they'll see something that they're interested in and think about how can we make that happen so if they're interested in digital making they'll say how can we make that happen right we need digital making on the curriculum we need Ofsted to um, to be looking at digital making and if people aren't doing it we need Ofsted to be clobbering them well that's using the same kind of horrible pressures that that we don't like and you know I've made statements like that myself in the past and I, I, the more I've been involved actually talking to policymakers, the more I realise that policy is quite a blunt instrument and there's only certain levers that, that, you can, that you can pull. And at the moment, many people might be not happy with the way those levers are being, are being pulled. Um, but what we've got to do is try and think about, well, which ways do we want them to go and how can we encourage, give policymakers solutions rather than just saying what they want the, the outcomes to be because they're not the experts. They don't know as much about education as, as the teaching community um, do, but they need to be given the answers, sure. not, not left to try and I'd figure them out. I think I'd much more convinced to try new and wacky and exciting stuff if there was some reasonable and coherent thinking behind it, but there just isn't. You know, We, we mm. want to get kids through tests, and we're going to do these things to get them through the test. It's, it doesn't occur... I just don't understand what, why the tests aren't linked to something useful and productive in this century. And then I get told off for mentioning the century because <laughs> we had this turn of the century some time ago. And, mm. and what am I harping back to that? Well, still we're doing testing memory. Mm. Mm. And, you know, people should be really excited when the kids get a really interesting question that they have no idea mm. what the answer is. But well, you can't do that in an exam set. You can't bring a flip chart in, phone a friend, look stuff up. Oh, no. No, no, you can't. But I, I have come across some really interesting stuff recently on the assessment front, which I think is, is interesting. Um, uh, Peter Twining's been talking a lot about um, on-screen testing. And uh, he's said to me that he feels what we need to do is to try and push for getting on-screen testing happening, probably happening in quite a similar way educationally as it's happening now, but just getting those machine use of machines normalised and then fight the next fight about actually looking at, at what, what we're assessing. But um, some of the things he's said has made me think about, you know, maybe we need to have that kind of staged approach in, in mm. trying to do things. Um, but there's some great innovation going on. I've been working with an organisation... Um, called uh, Tag Assessment who have a product called Digital Assess Um, and it's really cool because it's been designed to assess open-ended project work in a peer-assessed way. It doesn't have to be peer-assessed but it can be. Um, But what really interests me, it uses a system called Comparative Judgment which we used on a report, well not me but before my time at Nesta, called Decoding Learning on judging different innovations. It's based on the idea that it's quite hard for people to consistently apply criteria to a piece of work. It's quite unreliable. We have to do a lot of moderation and a lot of changes. And we've seen terrible like national situations recently with young people's grades being changed and sure. so on. That's, that's all part of that process. But what we're actually really good at is comparing two things. Um, and with their software backend, you can use this idea of looking at two things side by side and just comparing which one is, is more proficient. Um, and then the software can present you with a great many different combinations until you've figured out what the, the, the hierarchy of those things are. The, the thing that interests me the most about that is that you can have open-ended solutions to projects. So if the problem that was posed was... Um, you know something like uh, uh, how to design a certain 
products to solve mm. a, a problem in, in, in a home, then people could make completely different things. One person could make a piece of software, one person could run a campaign for awareness, and you could compare those things side by side oh, because wow. they're both aiming for the same objective, but you could never apply the same criteria to them. So I think it's, it's, it's early days, but as a technology company, they're very focused on making things that people can actually use. So unlike sometimes people like myself who love the ideas and talk about them and want to drill into them until they've found all of the edges, um, they're putting something out there and their product's available now and, and you can try it and you can use it. They're, they're focusing at the moment on peer assessment, so sure. that assessing to learn, which is, is a great area to, to work on, I think. Isn't it just? Mm. Um, what's on the horizon for you at the moment? What's on the horizon? Gosh, um, immediately I'm going down for a visit to my old haunts of Plymouth tomorrow, which will be which will be really good. Um, but in in the longer term, um, I've been looking at uh, more of the kind of experiments and research I've been running on different types of technology because I think that's we still need lots more work in uh, in that area. Good. Um, I've also been looking at the issue of um, and I don't know quite the best way to describe it the word I've been starting to I've, I was started using was procurement but when you talk about that everybody jumps straight into EU frameworks and all this technical stuff what I mean is the challenges of schools identifying a, an, a challenge or an opportunity that they have and finding some technology and buying it and rolling it out effectively right so that, so that it it's like happen. a matchmaker kind yeah. of thing really rather than yeah because I know that many schools can sometimes express frustration at the commercial sector in the sort of the way that they do sales and I know many people on the commercial side express frustration in the teachers in the way they they respond to sales I can't and imagine what you're talking about I really can't yeah. I, could, I, I have such difficulty <laughs> identifying with that but it's a it's, yes. it's a classic two-sided problem like Indeed. nobody's wrong nobody's right sure. we just haven't quite matched up those two worlds in the most effective way so um, yeah that's an interesting problem that we've been looking at various different things we might be able to try and do to tackle hopefully let's hope you don't need a commercial partner to monetize that because that'll be well perhaps you will that's a very interesting maybe but i mean one of the i mean i obviously come from the education background from teaching and, and and universities but one of the things i find fascinating about working at nesta is that we really sit right in the middle of public services um, charity social enterprise on one side and the commercial sector on the other side and we have investments in companies um, but we also work on 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 public service solutions and uh, there's there's not many places that you get to make those links and i think they're they're really important links to make you're absolutely right uh, if people want to get in contact with you how can they do that naturally where are you on twitter where, you, where can we find yes yeah, probably on twitter which is uh, i'm at, at oliver quinlan just my name um and my website oliverquinlan.com um has my blog and things where you can get in touch with me and so on so yeah i'm always keen to be connecting with people who are interested in technology and learning and uh, and carrying on those conversations brilliant thanks for coming to speak to us really enjoyed that um I seriously I really enjoyed that. It was just of the moment. So it's it's a real thinking person's conference. This there's there's not been too much wham bam ching kind of you know presentation. I like it. It's really deep. Quite. Alan was excellent. Hall's going to just be a blast. Yes. I just they're not going to yeah, as I, I said they're not going to throw veg there at all. No. Uh, he's just going to be an absolute <laughs> hoot. And you were delightful. And thank you very much for sharing that with us today. Thank you, Oliver Quinlan, ladies and gentlemen. And look him up. He's very interesting. You're listening to Russell Prue, broadcasting on the Anderson Tiger Radio Network.